listening to the podcast To Be Single or Not To Be by Shanna Montana. A podcast where we talk about the single life, dating, and relationships so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Today's topic is long-term relationships. You will change and so will your expectations. And I wanted to talk about this topic because I think society has led us to this place of thinking that any change in a relationship is bad or that your partner must be stepping out on you if they are, quote unquote, moving different. And that is not always the case. We need to understand that in 2022, we are living in a whole pandemic. So that means that people, places and things around us have changed completely. So how can we not expect our relationships to not be affected in some capacity to the same degree? Also, it is super important that we recognize that change in a relationship is inevitable. We must get to a place where we can accept it, learn how to navigate it, and lean into it if we desire to keep our relationships and do so in the most happy and healthy ways possible. So today, I have two amazing guests on, and I want to let them introduce themselves. And for context, tell the listeners your relationship status and how long the length of your relationship. So first, Candace, tell the people who you are. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Candace Mitchell, um, and I am married. I have been married for six years. We're in our seventh year now, um, and we've been together for, well, it was so much longer than that, like eight <laughs> years or something like that. But yeah, so I'm happy to be on the show. And this is some stuff like I can really talk about. Well, welcome back. We are glad to have you. And Keish, Keish, tell the people who you are. Hey, everybody. I'm Keisha Scott um, and relationship status. So I'm currently engaged, um, getting married in July. And we've been together two years. Um, but I want to preface that, that this is my second marriage. Okay. So I feel like the long-term whole aspect, um, I'm now here twice. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot to talk about. Yeah, you run rodeo, you back at it again. Look, I'm just back trying, at it. Trying to get one under the belt. Another one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I know that's right. All right. So let's get to it, ladies. So I recently read somewhere that after three years, and this was new to me, both men and women naturally begin to question their decision to be with their partner. It's like the updated version of the seven year itch. And that's why I was kind of tickled me when you said, Candace, you are now coming to the seven years. Who is mm -hmm. calling me, y'all? And Jesus. All right. So let's go back to that question. <clears throat> I'll edit that part out. I recently read somewhere that after three years, both men and women naturally begin to question their decision to be with their partner. It's the updated version of the seven year itch, but now it's three years. So would you all say that was true for you? And I guess like, you know, Candace, Candace you can speak to present day, but Keish, you may have to dip back in memory if necessary. But would you all say you experienced when you got to a certain point in your relationship where you kind of started to question like, am I supposed to be here? What's going on? I can relate to that. So I don't think it's specific, you know, just to, you know, being in my like seventh year maritally, but like we've been together for a long time, my entire adulthood, part of my teenage years. So um, what I find just in life in general, like we're all just operating very cyclically. Um, and so things that, you know, start off right for you, you're just constantly growing and changing and everything. Nothing is static. Like you're never in this period of stasis. So as long as that's happening, like your needs, your desires, your interests, all those things continue to change. And just, I think by the nature of it, you have two people where, you know, you're both growing and learning and exploring your life. Um, you know, you're bound to have some type of disconnect. And so I kind of, that's how I relate the, you know, what they call the seven year itch or that three year change you mentioned, you know, you're just naturally progressing. And I think your gear shift and sometimes, you know, you're not in complete alignment anymore. Now in your life, this might look like, oh, I want a new job. I need to move. I would like to live in a new city. I want to try a new hairstyle, like whatever. Um, but when you're committed to another person, you know, you have to kind of find out how to get yourself back in gear with that person. Um, 
So I don't see it as this, you know, thing you're doomed toward. I just think it's being in that commitment with another person, you're bound to continue to try to stay in gear or find each other again. Yeah, I like that. I like what about you, Keish? Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. Like what you were saying, like alignment, um, you know, I think especially like now that it's from the seven to the three year, I think that makes sense because when you're coming together, it's a lot of assimilation. I think about like a career, too. It's kind of like you're trying to prove yourself. You know, you're trying to like rise to the occasion. And I think like after the dust settles, sometimes we are assimilating, you're like willingly compromising. Yeah. And I think as some of that, like, you know, reward kind of wears off, like this is a person you're getting used to each other, the simulation, the benefit of a simulation is not really there. And so it's kind of like, okay, what, I think at that point, you're kind of getting more to even the whys, you know, as to why you're in that relationship. And I think sometimes that is very exposing. Um kind of like okay I thought I was in this because I was infatuated with this person mm. but that infatuation all of that has worn off so it's like why am I what is championing me to stay in this relationship and so I think a lot of it is just sometimes I think when you get in relationships you're not planned to like you're not asking those like hard-hitting questions yeah more of like you're just like i want them to be who i'm expecting and i'm expecting this and i know what i need to be but then it's like okay why am i really in it right and that could be different to where you stand today um and maybe you didn't notice and another thing i think sometimes too um hitting like a real conflict in your relationship at least from my previous experience, I think sometimes not learning how to spar or how to talk through really difficult things, you may do the avoidance thing. And that is where, you know, it could be really like later on more destructive. But I think sometimes not learning how to talk through hard stuff, if you haven't really like sharpened those tools, it makes it really difficult. So I think after the two to three years or six to seven years, it's like now we're dealing with like... Where you're not dealing with that representative anymore, you know, and you have to figure out like, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Seriously, oh, it's the ghetto. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the hard. It could be. You could look up and be like, this is ghetto. <laughs> and it might be happening more often too, just because there is so much like extra stimulation that we have in our lives. Like for our generation, like we're exposed to so much. We learn so much. We have so many options and I'm not just talking about relationships but options for you know who you want to be and how you want to exist and where you could live you know people are leaving the country like people are exploring their lives and just almost an infinite way Mm -hmm. and I think because of that that might be speeding up the pace at at which you know we're kind of growing as people too so we're just kind of turning out and changing more than ever and staying on the same page with somebody which I don't necessarily think you have to do. I don't think every relationship requires that you be with them until you die. But if that's what you said, you know, then it's going to be a little harder. And those, you know, time periods of change are going to kind of rush up on you maybe more times than maybe a marriage 50 years ago would have. So, and that's a great, I don't know, we have a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great point, mm-hmm. hey, Candace, because there are so many options about what I want my life to look like, who I mm-hmm. want to be with, how I want to be with that person that three years ago, I could have signed up to do this one thing. And I may still want to do this one thing with you, but now I want to add somebody else. I want to go over here and do it over here. I want to have this job. I want to have this career. I have all these things that could definitely affect us. And we have the, you just have so many now opportunities to pretty much tap into whatever it is that you want to do. And so I think it makes it where you have to have a deeper and a much stronger level of connection than ever before to make the conscious decision to like sign up every single day and be with this person, you know, no matter what, what the options are around you. So that brings me to the next question to ask you ladies, you know, how, how does this happen sometimes where, you know, these changes are happening, these changes are happening, the expectations are becoming different, you know, is it, does this happen due to, like, as far as the, let me be clear. 
with understanding that if I'm in this one space and I'm now moving a little bit more to the right and my partner's moving a little bit more to the left and our expectations around us have begun to change, does this happen because we have not communicated what our expectations have become over time? Um, does this happen because we think that our partner should stay the way we met them three years ago? Like, how do we get to that place where the expectation has changed, things look different in our partnership and we don't really know how we got there or how to navigate it? Um, I would, you know, it's a number of ways to get to a destination, you know, um, but I think it's two different things happening, right? It's like the changes are inevitable because nobody stays the same, you know, and even like as Candace mentioned, like she's been with somebody like 18 years. It's like, that's a lot of different like versions of yourself, you know, that, that you're turning out. And so with that, I think it's like acknowledging the changes is one thing, you know, because I think coming, having that like meeting of the minds, like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. Like, I know maybe we've discussed years prior, this was the goals, but I'm feeling a little different. And I think sometimes it's acknowledging the seasonal things. I think we just kind of get into a lot of like monotony, just, it's like how we operate as a couple, but actually like recognizing some things because you may not even notice sometimes like maybe I have to, I, I think sometimes it's just that moment where you can actually call it out. But as you said, one person is moving to the left and the right. I think it's acknowledgement of what's happening. But then also it's like, do we want to put in the work to realign? Right. And that's two different things to me. And I think sometimes we don't get that moment to slow down and actually acknowledging the changes and actually acknowledge like something feels off, you know? So I think a lot of that comes with vulnerability and transparency. I think we want to do well in relationships and we want to be highly admired by our partners. But I think sometimes like just acknowledging, like, I feel like I'm missing the mark, like something's happening. So I think that point of like, it really starts with you and acknowledging it. But I also think sometimes it can, as you move left or right, do you have the inertia to move it back to the middle? And I think you said something right there, Keisha, because I've been in a space before with a partner where I kept feeling like I was missing the mark. Like he's telling, like I was, it was changes were happening and mm -hmm. I was trying to adjust accordingly. And in my mind, I thought I was going in the right direction, but I kept missing the mark. I was actually like all the way off kilter. And what happened was I started becoming exhausted. It was to the point where I'm like, I keep trying, I keep getting it wrong. And I could have made a decision to say, like, I'm just tired of this. Let's just call it quits. You know, it's easy. Right. Like, right. don't let it go. Like, you can have it. We, I try again in a couple of years with somebody else, you know. But mm -hmm. then I'm probably going to show up in a new space doing the same shit and wonder how I got there. So then I had to say, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. What does it truly look like for us to realign this, for me to be able to do it successfully and understand if the roles were reversed, I need for you to be able to show up in that same way. So that took a lot of communication. That's a lot of hard work and intentional effort because when you I, when I started to feel exhausted in something my first uh, I think was fight or flight my first thing is flight I'm like I'm gonna get the fuck out of Dodge like I'm just it not. is yeah defense mechanism no you're right and I was in that position I felt like that exhaustion is something to really point out because you know something has changed and you're trying to adjust to it and I think even naturally for women we want to kind of like remedy issues you know it's like resources here's something you could do but have you asked the person do they want you to fix it like do you want to come back here yeah because sometimes as you grow it may not you may not even want to come back to that person that mm -hmm. i got in the relationship for yeah so i've noticed like immediately i'm like okay i need to fix this i need to fix that and that person may not have even wanted to i didn't even ask the straightforward question you yeah. know so yeah. And you mentioned Keisha compromise. And I think that that's something that, you know, I think it can be understated. Like that is a key part in, you know, committing to one person. You are not going to evolve into yourself as wholly. I, I think I think that's a, a price you're paying sometimes in a relationship because you're not able to really just operate as freely as you might want. Like you really are also committing to like 
trying to pace yourself with another person or and find that compromise. Um, I'm comfortable with that for now. And so that's what I think, you know, has continued to work. And then also having that experience of like, there's several times in our relationship where it would have made sense for us to end it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody would have blamed either of us if we called it, but deciding not to, and then having the experience of feeling like you're in a new relationship, that's just as fulfilling as if you had kind of, you know, met somebody new. It lets me know that we can kind of keep doing that because really this these cycles are going to happen no matter who you're with and you're going to somebody you know the next person you meet is going to be you know on par with you in that moment and then you both are going to change and grow and you know split so knowing that that can continue to just happen with multiple partners and deciding to just have that experience with one person I think is something you kind of have to fix your mind to just knowing that I'm not going to always feel aligned with you and we will find our way back. And then seeing yourself find your way back gives you the confidence to keep it going. Mm-hmm. That's a word right there because two mm-hmm. things, uh, that, that effort of what you just said about knowing that I'm not always going to feel aligned with you. Looks like we can do the work to get back there because I was always a person that I just felt like anytime something went wrong, it was bad. It was the end of the relationship. Like mm-hmm. I'm messing mm-hmm. up, you know, or he's messing up. Like this is, this is not supposed to be this way. And like he said, you, you try to fix it. You go in a nurture mode because that's what we do. And even if you find that the person wants you to fix it, you still have to understand that every day is not going to be peachy. Every day is not going to feel like sunshine. And so I had to move away from that notion because that was a very unrealistic expectation. But then the other side of making that conscious effort to know that I'm going to show up and we are both going to be committed to doing this work because of whatever reason, because I always say love is not enough. We got to have more than love here. So I think that whatever the reasons are for us to just continuously work at that. So that's something I think the listeners need to really tune into that. I'm never saying like you should just run at the sight of something being done wrong or things not feeling right, but understanding that, and I guess a lot of married people or people that have been in long-term relationships say that, that you have to get there going to be like ebbs and flows. There are going to be times when it's mm-hmm. off time, right? You just have to mm-hmm. determine, you know, like when we're riding that wave, are we going to stay on this wave? Or like Keish mentioned earlier, you know, is this what we still want? And you have to have, I think, those check-ins. So let's talk about, I want to talk about that a little bit because I've heard it said before about like relationship check-ins so do you all do those with your partner like you know you check in monthly weekly like what does that check-in life look like I'm trying to do better at that (laughs) because um I think so you know I feel like you know I end up my husband like I feel like we are so close and like we have a friendship that it kind of does a disservice to us in a way because we think we don't always have to explain everything like you know you know what's going on with me like we can we we talk to each other so much and we're a part of each other's lives but we're not doing that more formal like you know how can we do like we're not doing that as much I don't think we put that effort in all the time and that's something that you know I'm trying to be more conscious about because you know sometimes you just look for your partner and to just affirm you and that's what we want we want our loved ones friends everybody to like affirm what we're into what we like and number one they're not gonna always like what you like and that us you know it's like oh you don't you want to do this or if you don't want to go to a place I want to go like I feel like you're judging my decision or my interests or you start resenting each other for their change in interests and, and things that they like that aren't necessarily what you guys share anymore so I do think it's important to check in um and I would love like to hear from y'all like what do y'all do <laughs> do it in a fun way because like it just I don't like feeling like a business meeting yeah I know like check-ins are like hey checking in like how <laughs> what is my like performance review <laughs> I definitely call it like let's do our quarterly performance review and so <laughs> But it's kind of like, I get the science behind it. Um, I will say, like, I feel like the check-ins, like, the time I appreciate the most to really, like, decompress a little bit with my partner is, like, in the evenings, like, at night, because we have small children. So it's, like, after the the whole, like, day shuffle and then the kids are asleep, it's kind of like, hey, like, what's going on with you? Like, did that happen? You know, it's kind of like just checking in in a way like getting an emotional pulse check almost. But I will say recently we are, we are doing marital counseling and 
our therapist challenged us to do a mission statement for our relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has been one of the most like eye opening things because we did it separately. Um, and like, especially if you break down like vision and mission, especially if you're an entrepreneur, like it's like, okay, this is what I want to be. You know, your vision is what you want to be. Mission is like the vehicle to get you there. Mm -hmm. So that is so telling too. I think as far as a check-in, just like, you know, what do they envision for your relationship? Like, where are we trying to go? Why are we here? What are we doing it for? And what do we want, want to accomplish together? And I think what was interesting, it's like having that moment to just be separate of your partner. Let's say why you're in it with your partner, you know, as a check-in. And I think in so many ways, it's so revealing too, where you're like, oh, how can I support that for you? That's, that's what you're doing it for. That's what you want us to accomplish together. And I think you'll be more intentional as you know that that's what your partner values the most out of the partnership you know, out of the marriage. Um, so I think that is a, and it doesn't have to be daily, but I think that can be like a yearly thing to come back to. Mm -hmm. I love yeah, that assignment. But we talk, it's not, I don't know where it is, but <laughs> it was a good exercise to think about. We need to write it and like really talk about it because you know, Shana, to your point about like how you're changing every three years or whatever, some of that is like the glue that holds you, like remembering, mm -hmm. hey, this is our larger mission. And, you know, little things can change, but, you know, maybe we don't deviate from this larger uh, goal that we have for our relationship. And if it needs to be reevaluated from time to time, like doing that, but just having that shared understanding of what this is supposed to be for you guys, you know, I think that. I love that. And I love you said larger mission because in my current situation, he is always talking about big picture and that makes my anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, what are talking about right now? Like, Trigger word. <laughs> Overarching goals. Yes. He's like, you know, in five to seven years, I'm like, boy. Like, I'm like, I'm having a hot flash. He's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll stop. Like, yeah, because <laughs> you got to preface me. I got to like plan. Today, are we checking in on the universe five years from now? Or are we checking in on us in the next two weeks? I need to know. <laughs> And it's like commitment issues. Like, I don't really know how much I want to be beholden to with this statement. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so much, but I love it. I love the mission and vision statement. And I think people can take away from that. And I think with the check-ins, like you said, we always do like a temperature and a post check on one another, but I think it's important. I think because I'm a list maker and a rule, a, a rule person, like I have this list of things that are like mental, financial, physical, spiritual, almost like a checklist to go through. And let's make sure we talk about all these things because I want to be the, per the uh, fake perfectionist in me wants to be sure I'm showing up and then, you know, when we, that, you know when we get to something I'm not really doing it, I want to skip over that part. So, I mean, you know, you got to <laughs> you got to make sure you do what works for you. But I think it can get tiresome if you like if you pull out that kind of checklist like every week, like nobody's doing that. But I do think it's <laughs> check in on a regular basis daily, every other day. If you if you feel like I, I would say I would just say try not to just check in when you feel like something's off or, you know, your partner, man, you know, you got you got yeah. that. And I think. Yeah. Times happen. Like I know he got attitude. Let me ask him how you doing, girl. <laughs> so this reason do y'all know on social media you see it all the time and I think it's a phrase that that's wild to me but I want to get y'all's opinions um people are always pushing this phrase about you should not go into a relationship like, don't have expectations when you go in a relationship do y'all think that's trash or do y'all think that's like good advice I think that is insane <laughs> I don't have expectations I don't get it Agreed. 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 It's a setup. <laughs> you know, but, and I don't want to say crazy. Everybody should have their own expectations, whatever. Right. Like it might exist for you. But I do think I, sometimes I hear people talk about what they are looking for and it just seems really unreasonable or like poorly like developed. Um, for example, like some people, when they talk about expectations, it is on, based on such like, you know, 
um, they're not based on like fixed ideas. They're based on people's salaries, which can change based on somebody. And, you know, little things like that. It's like, you're not really thinking about what you want. What you desire is somebody who is like hardworking and resourceful, whether, you know, what that dollar amount looks like in that moment doesn't matter. Cause somebody could easily like hit a lick, make, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for a couple years of life, have a terrible work ethic, terrible levels of resourcefulness, not know how to spend their money right, whatever that looks like. And it doesn't even matter that that's there. And then, you know, so I just think sometimes the way people look at their expectations is it just comes from such a shallow place that it's so clear why they keep coming up empty. Yeah. So true. And that's why I get to the point and say, well, I'm just not going to have expectations. No, you have gotten to that place because you are now a Sour Patch Kid because you signed up to be with somebody and it didn't work out because of what you said, Candace, for shallow reasons or the wrong reasons. And now you're just feeling like, you know, F the world. I'm just going to not have expectations and and let's see what happens. But that's insane to me. How can you not expect anything? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I think the I think expectations are getting like a bad rap, kind of like potential a little bit, but I think it becomes too topical. Like, because it's one thing that I think in order for you to get in a relationship with somebody, they've already met expectations. You know, it's already been some sort of vetting process and like they met a criteria in order for you to say, I'm going to commit to this person long term. But I think like, it's just such a, it's such a guise to think that you are in complete control of your life. Right. And I think that's the most I've learned about long-term relationships, whether that be, you know, with a partner, with my husband, or even friendships. It's like, life is going to hit you in ways that is completely unexpected. And you do get to, and unless something's like battle tested, that's when you really know what it's made of. And that's really like a relationship as well. And I think like you don't grow from things being great, yeah. you know, things being good, going well. So, and once again, I just come back to, I get away from expectations and go back to your why, you know? And I think if you really understand that, I think we have all these things we want out of people and yes, those are great. But sometimes when I think about why I'm with my partner, it's like, it's not because of the salary. Like you said, it could be resourceful. It could be nurturing. I think about even me becoming like a mother and what that relationship is two years ago. I didn't know how to change a diaper, mm-hmm. but I learned and I was given the environment to do so. So sometimes it's like things are going to form and you're going to rise to the occasion. So I just think sometimes when we're thinking about expectations, we're thinking so topical. It's, it's not deep enough. And I think like, thank God we're not in control of everything because we won't be who we are, you know? So I think it needs to go a little bit deeper than that. Absolutely. And I think, oh, I'm going to ask this, you know, from a, a, even a, I guess a positive lens, what are some changes that you all think should happen over time with, with your relationship expectations that maybe people don't talk about enough? Because a lot of times the context of change is like, it's bad. Like they, 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 they're moving different. Like I said earlier, but what changes should you want to see in your partner? I, I would say the changes, I kind of brought it up just a few minutes ago, but I think like that being intuitive, Okay. you kind of want to see that. I don't expect, and I'm kind of thinking about this as I'm starting a new job in a few days. And I think like my new team, my boss is not expecting me to like kill it Monday. You know, it's like I get a ramp up. I think like what I appreciate in a partner over time is like, I I share certain things and now you've become intuitive and you've learned you're like having this desire to like show up even in ways that you have to develop new skills and add new tools to your toolbox. I think that is one of the most amazing things is to see how people like five years ago, you knew nothing about weaves and now you helping me take my weave out. So it's like they can evolve once they get that exposure. But I think it's like so nice to see how people just have that somebody long term still desires to want to learn about you. They're still inquisitive about like what like what are you passionate about? Like, how can I learn more about that? And I think like showing up with those desires can carry you through your peaks and valleys, you know, having that respect for one another. Um, And also, I think like creating 
what I value most is like people who create that environment where I can safely advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something I really feel like carries me through my relationships. It's like, even if we do get off, even if I feel like that left a bad taste in my mouth, it's still safe for me to share that. Yeah. And it's not like everything is at stake. Cause I think sometimes, especially if you have abandonment issues, when it comes to long-term, you know, um, relationships, you feel like you may hold back because you don't want to be punished by what you may share, or it may not be, you know, we are so sane. Sameness is so celebrated with relationships. And I've experienced that too, where it's like, they're the fun couple both of them they are like this you know but it's like sometimes you're like maybe I'm not so fun maybe I want to be a hermit in a corner you know and you want to be able to be like can I share that with you maybe I don't want to like work a room all the time so I think having that safe space um is is undervalued and I think over time you have to keep creating that for your partner and I think that's like that's like amazing. Like yeah. you said, I, was, I literally said exactly a situation I encountered with someone about being like the fun person or the fun people. And, you know, I guess I wasn't as fun that day. And, <laughs> and after it was like, not that it was an issue, but it was a conversation around, you know, my, you know, energy or how I showed up in the room. And it's Your like, unfunness. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I promise you, like, every time I'm not going to show up as Michelle Obama in the room. Like, yeah. I promise you, like, I, I want, if I don't want to be there, I wouldn't be there. I want to be here. But my energy just may not be at an, at an 11 every time, but it has to be okay for me to be able to tell you those things. And I just want to be able to express if, and vice versa, if something happens that the other person doesn't like, one, to come from a place of curiosity, if you want to know, you know, so why mm-hmm. was your energy less than versus like, it should have been X, Y, Z. So that right. makes me feel more supported and safe. And then if I just say, you know, well, I didn't want to do, or I didn't want to talk as much, or I didn't want to, you know, whatever. It should be like, okay, I understand. I wouldn't, it should be what I would like. I'm going to say what it should be. What I would like is for it to be, well, I would like for you to show up next time with more energy, or I would like for you to do this. And I can make a decision on if I want to do that. Cause that still doesn't mean I have to go and do it. Right. Creating that safe space that you just talked about is uh, one of my new emotional deal breakers. Doing this podcast, I come up with all kinds of new terms. So I have regular (laughs) deal breakers and I have emotional deal breakers. I think that um, feeling safe is like the number one thing for me. And something we're going to talk about on a future episode is creating our own love languages. And that was one of mine, safety and security. Because it's not about an act of service, but it's about how safe do I feel with you? Because most times I think when women start to feel um, insecure about something or anxious, you're doing something to make me feel this way. I didn't just wake Mm -hmm. up and feel that way. So feeling safe is real because even in thinking about going to therapy, um, I asked one of my friends who is a therapist, I said, well, how can I be sure that when I go to therapy, if I'm in there being honest, that when we leave, he's not going to be mad as hell that I'm in here telling my truth. And she was like, well, you really just got to go and do it and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, it's no surefire way to determine how they're going to feel because they may even say that they're going to be cool. But then you say something Mm -hmm. that, They've never heard you say before and they may feel a way, but she was like, you can work through it if that's what they want to do. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's a whole that safe space. That's real. So what what do you think, Candice, as far as the the change and and navigating that? Like what should happen? I I think, you know, you you both said it. Um, I think that you just get so fixed in your life, especially, you know, at our age. I think we're very solidly ourselves and we kind of form these roles and how we present in the world and to be able to relax your roles in your home and like how people think of you or the caricature of yourself and to not have to be that person um, all the time and have somebody understand that and have somebody and be able to explore other parts of yourself with that person without judgment um I think it's just so key. And it's really about what you said, Shannon, with the safety and security. Um, and I really couldn't add more to that. That's, I think I expect that to continue to grow in our relationship and for it to continue to be a space where, you know, I don't have to be the lawyer. I don't have to be, you know, have a good answer or a good solution to some emergency or whatever. You know, like sometimes I make mistakes or I have a, you know, a silly thought or I want to, you know, who knows what, but I want to exercise like some part of my creative self. I just think that 
there needs to be some place um, for that and it should be with your partner. And, and I expect that to continue to expand as we get older. Absolutely. I think people mm-hmm. need to pay more attention to that, especially I, I don't think we talk about that enough. I know everybody wants safety. We want security. Like who wouldn't? But I don't think it's enough conversations around what that really feels like and what that does for you and really being happy and being able to like function in a relationship no matter what. When I know I feel safe enough to do be and show up as myself at all times, no matter who that self may be. So what do you all, how can a person, how can they identify if they get to a place where it's like these changes have happened, the expectation has shifted, and this probably ain't it for us no more. What would you all say maybe some indicators are there for them to know, like, yeah, I got to exit. I think I would like this on the other person's part to try with you to try to understand where you are or to try to explore you know what you're putting forth especially i think at first it requires like a very deep introspection on both people's ends i think you have to be very solid in who you are what you want and expressive of that um so that when you do come to your partner with something it is a a developed idea you know I, i think um and at that point your partner needs to be willing to go on that journey with you um, and allow you to be yourself, like give you that space. And I think it's an impasse when you can't do that any longer. Like, I, I don't think that the sacrifice of yourself is worth a relationship and you can just amicably, you know, chuck the deuces to that. If you don't have the cooperation of your partner and in growing into who you want to be. The sacrifice of yourself. That's the the story of every divorce court. That's it. That's it right there. Kamikaze. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think about all the time. Like we hit on it earlier, like where you said, Shana, you experienced the exhaustion. Yeah. You know, the tired, it's, it's like, and I'm sure everybody's on Instagram and you see those couples that have been together. Like my grandparents are celebrating 70 years of marriage. Like what's the secret, you know, but I will say like one that stuck out was the couple, you know, the wife said, um, you know, sit down and talk and get a real good understanding. Like, you know, she was Southern. That's exactly what she said. It, But it's so connected with me personally, because I'm like, at the end of the day, you may be, you know, you may be listening, but are you understanding, yeah. you know? And like Candace said as well, are you committed to the relationship outside of me? Because I think I'm going to give you a reason to duck out at some point, you know, because we're all human. And I think, you know, love brings us together. But reciprocity is the glue, truly. And like you said, the introspection, it's like I can't like we talked about that safe space or, you know, being a safe environment. You can't expect things that you aren't. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most (laughs) disheartening but beautiful aspects of long-term relationships is how you have to pivot inward and say like, what am I doing to contribute to sabotaging this relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, it may not be a bad thing. It may be you rising up and, and whoever you're supposed to be. Like you said, like, you know, it, I don't want to diminish myself in order to love you, mm-hmm. but there is a conflict here. And it's like, how can we not, how can we, create synergy between both because compromise is one thing but I think when I compromise it's something that I'm not at the mercy of you know it's something that I'm deciding because I know what the overall benefit is and I understand like the mission at hand or I agree to to what we're trying to accomplish but if I feel like if it's at the deficit of me then I'm going to work against that thing so I think so much of it is getting back to why you're in it what what is truly happening, like acknowledging it, but you know, um, the reciprocity thing is huge. I think you can't move, you can't move it alone. Not you at can't. All. So it's okay to have problems. Everybody don't have problems, yeah. you know, like all of us are in relationships right now, you know, and we can bring up things that we're having, you know, maybe some, some conflict about or not seeing eye to eye, but I think it's a decision that we have decided to move forward and progress. Mm-hmm. And eventually we hope that this thing will get back on the train tracks, you know, and it's not saying that we're not benefiting in certain ways, but I think, 
you know, your partner has to say, I'm not understanding it, but I'm committed to getting to an understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that buy-in, I think that's you. And if you're feeling, and even if they're saying they are, your your body will react. You will feel that exhaustion. You will feel that confusion because they're not trying to make it clear. Going back to what the older couple said, like get a good understanding because I know when I sit, you know, at a table with someone and we really trying to understand that thing, like we keep, you know, repeating things back. Like, is this what I'm hearing? Is this what you say? They're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we're on the same page. They're going to give you yeses along the way, whether that's verbal or nonverbal. So I think it's so much that we don't say and we do say, but you know, you feel it when somebody is in that thing with you. But I think so much of it is like, you also have to want to be those things for your partner as well. Um, The reciprocity is huge. That's a word. I'm going to have to move this episode up to air on Monday. Look, <laughs> I'm over here learning. I also was over here having flashbacks, thinking of all the times I sat in the seat with somebody and I'm telling them, this is not working. And they looking at me and like, like straight face, like Michael Myers. <laughs> like, what is it? Like, I love you. <laughs> Why can't we figure it out? Like, what? And they said, girl, clearly telling me I do not give a damn about you. <laughs> if that's right, the, when they like, I love you, I love you. Like, why am I exhausted then? Why am I so tired? So, on that note, we will be right back with the living single segment. This now brings us to the living single segment of the podcast. It's simply a segment where we want to send you good vibes good energy and give good advice on any questions that you may have about being single, dating, or relationships. Remember, nothing is off limits. So, welcome to the Living Single segment of the show, and let's get into it. All right, so this brings us to the Living Single segment of the show. And as you guys know, this is a segment where we will read a letter that someone has written in, or sometimes we'll just take a hot topic off of social media and everybody will give their response to it. So today's letter came from the website, actually, guys. So it reads, I am a 43-year-old man about to walk down the aisle for the first time. And I don't think I want to do it. I know I don't want to. Dang. Okay. Uh, My fiance is a 37-year-old woman that has everything a man would dream of in a wife. But something is just off within me and tells me I should not be marrying this woman. I want to vomit every time I think about wedding day and I have not told her any of these feelings. What should I do with this? I don't want to regret marrying her, but I will if I do it. Sugar free. (laughs) Did you say set free? Yes. Like, oh my God, you want to vomit at the phone? That's a lot. Like, I don't know. I think some therapy maybe. Like, you know, obviously it's something going on with commitment issues, if you ask me, with, you know, the age, the not being married, the opportunity, the obvious admiration for the option he has, but just an inability to proceed. I think he should look inward, but let this lady go. Release her. Yeah. Release her to her destiny. You might need to go back to the streets, sir. Because 43 never married. Not that it's a bad thing, but it may be some commitment issues there. Right. It's definitely commitment issues. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's commitment issues. Maybe he knows himself, but he's not leaning into that, which is unfortunate. For both. You know, I think of like, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I feel like if he was my friend, I would say like, and this is where it goes back to like, the truth is always welcome. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Like, <laughs> let's put it out there. Like, because you never know. She may be feeling the same way. She may feel your apprehension yeah. toward it. And I'd be shocked if she hasn't because sometimes, and that's another thing to talk about too. You can be with people, but not have them, you know? And I think that feeling of like him resisting, you know, and I'm from Mississippi, like we always got to say it, but it's like, if you're not ready for love, get out of love's way. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's not fair. And it's not fair to either one of them. And I think we could easily shun him. But I'm also like, if that's his truth, like he, he deserves to, to put that out there for himself. Right. 
to be happy. And he also deserves to tell her that to release her from this ideal that he knows he can't live up to. Yeah. And that's the messed up part. And I think that's so frustrating because it's like, nobody asked you to do this. It's so self-elected. Like I'm getting married. You sending out invitations. You doing all of this. Like you have so many opportunities to raise your hand. And that's where I think like, what Candace was talking about, like the introspection, like people say they want real people, but they can't be real with themselves. Yeah, yeah. You're not ready for a long-term relationship if you cannot be honest with yourself and actually put it out there. I can't advocate for you. Even if I love you to death, I cannot speak for you. Yeah. So it kind of makes me upset because it's like, you know, it's a bunch of people that have chosen not to be married ever in life. Right. Go find your people. <laughs> like it's find your tribe. People that want to do non-traditional throuples, whatever it is. It's like go find that subset, and they will welcome you, and they will like it. Will be great. But it's like why try to force yourself into these narratives that you know, you know, the answers are always buried. They're there. Listen to them. Free yourself first. And then free everybody else around you. Yeah, you vomiting like. It's like Terry and Aiden from Sex in the City when she was allergic to Mary and Aiden. Yeah, right. And she was just breaking out in hives at the thought. She like, wore a ring around her neck. <laughs> she was just not here for it. That's what this right. guy That's what like, Carrie, this that's ain't the one. This ain't the one. It ain't. I want, I want to vomit every time I think about wedding day that sent me. Don't tell her that when you tell her your truth, though. Don't say the vomit part. I would just be so offended to hear that the thought of marrying me induces vomit. <laughs> the fact you carry on a charade. Like, what? You asked, I'm sure. I'm guessing. <laughs> people take it so far it's like playing a character he's playing a character right now and so you have your answer release her to her destiny you need to go back to the streets find your tribe find for yourself. Yeah, but that is not it so if you all want your letters or questions answered feel free to send them to the website www.tobesingleornottobe.com or to our instagram and on that note we'll be right back with the resolution Right, so lady, we have had such a powerful conversation and now this brings us to the resolution segment of the show. So as a final thought, what would you all say the resolution is for people to know it is okay to want and need something different now than what you did at the beginning of the relationship? And I'll start with you, Candace. Okay. What I'll say is don't think of your relationship any differently than you think of any other aspect or area of your life. Don't feel personally challenged or like something's wrong with you if you find yourself in a different place over time. Um, if you find your needs have changed, if you fi find your desires have changed, your interests have changed. I think that is just such a natural part of being a woman, being a human. What you do with that is up to you and you know, if you decide you want to be committed to a person, if you decide you want to keep trying with one person, if you decide you want to keep exploring, you know, your relationships with other partners, if the partner you have really just is not a fit for you, and, and maybe they have been a few years ago, there's nothing wrong with you as a person. Like, that, this is what you're designed to do. You're designed to evolve into who you want to create yourself to be. Um, and as long as you're living, that's what you should be doing. Um, and so I just, I think that, putting like a blame or like um a judgment on yourself for doing what you're made to do can lead to so much anxiety and confusion when really it should be an opportunity to explore love that love all of that Keish, what would you say yeah i feel like i'm echoing that too i just feel like long-term relationships are you know i think like Candace said, don't be afraid of the evolving because it's so beautiful. You know, I think like seeing whether yourself or other people like evolve over time or accomplish new things, you know, take on new challenges. It's, it's a beautiful journey and we're all meant to go through it. And every day on earth is a blessing, you know, and I think so much of long-term relationships is constantly checking in with yourself. You know, we put the emphasis so much on other people, but I think it's always, it comes back to you. 
you know, whether things are triggering or not, you know, something today may be fine and maybe tomorrow it's not. So always like really centering yourself and not being afraid to advocate for yourself, no matter what stage of life you're in, you know, and I think as we get older, there's more, you know, call to actions, whether that's a job, you know, being a caregiver for our parents, you know, whether that's taking care of children, also having a partner. It's so many things that is challenging you to rise to the occasion, but you have to do those personal check-ins to say, you know, am I in a healthy space? What am I getting out of these relationships? You know, what is, what do I need? You know, and you have to be able to communicate that in a healthy way and be emotionally sound and responsible. Um, so embrace change, you know, and in that so much as we talk about partners, I think if you look at change as a wonderful thing and you kind of lead to it, even if it's things that it may be uncharted territory, I think you will evoke that environment for your partner as well, because you understand it. Like, I'm not going to be the same. Things are going to be different. I have to welcome new versions of myself. I have to have to get to know myself and practice self-love then you will also have that grace for other people in your life. And it'll carry you through the valleys to get to the peaks every time. But I think as much as what we desire, we have to create those environments for other people to thrive. It just, it's just not one dimensional. Um, so I think change is a beautiful thing. And I think if you look back and you have all this tenure with the person you're proud. I think we don't talk about that enough. Just like that pride that reinforces love. You know, it's like, look at all that we've been able to, to combat together, you know, and looking at that and being like, look at us today. Like we got through that. And, you know, I was listening to Yo Gotti or somebody recently and he was like, everybody want to be, you know, a captain or something he said, but nobody wants to be a soldier. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I only want people next to me who know how to fight. Like if you ain't been through nothing and you don't know how to like roll through the tough times and no, it's not going to be longevity there. It can't be because seasons change, you know, things change. So yeah, I think as much as we want to put the emphasis on other people, it comes back to you. So it's always love, love, love that perspective. So ladies, give yourselves a round of applause for another amazing episode. <laughs> Your opinions are always valued and appreciated. So glad to have you all on the show. So as we close, please tell the listeners where they can find you or anything else you want to share. Well, you can find me, um, Candice, uh, on Instagram, Candice, K-A-N-D-I-C-E underscore M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E underscore. Oh. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And likewise, you can find me on Instagram, Keisha Sheree, with two E's. A-R-E-E, -E. you know, people spell Sheree. A-R-E-E, yes. Follow those wonderful ladies, and you guys know where you can find me. And on that note, we'll be right back with the Montana Minute. And now this brings us to the Montana Minute. The first thing, change is not always a bad thing. It can be a healthy thing and it can mean positive growth is happening in your relationship. Communication is the key to figuring out what that change means in your relationship for sure. The next thing, work on that mission and vision statement that Keisha mentioned in the show. That is a real game changer. And the last thing, understand that change is inevitable. It is up to you to work with your partner to determine if you like the changes taking place or if you need to move different. So be sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have an opinion about the show, please drop us a DM on Instagram or Facebook sharing your thoughts. We do welcome it. So now I leave you to decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Signing off, yours truly, Shanna Montana. <laughs>